What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast, the ultimate, the penultimate somber episode as we dive into the Dogs' heartbreaking defeat this past Saturday night, deep into Saturday night at the hands of the Idaho Vandals. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, this sucks. I mean, we just thinking about the chances we had in this game. This game honestly had it all. And we're, we'll dive into most of the things that happened. I mean, again, from beginning to end, it was kind of – we were on edge thinking, is this too good to be true? It's like we're playing so well. And then all of a sudden it spiraled out of control and it ended up ending the way that we kind of predicted. And your final prediction kind of along that, but how we expected special teams is the reason why our season ends the way it did. What's going on? Yeah, it's just – it really sucks because the better team lost on Saturday night and um, where you had, I mean, we're going to jump into it, but Nick Baker looked pretty good. Obviously the ending of his night and his last throw of his career is not going to be something he wants to remember. And coach Hill touched on it, touched on it a little bit of his is basically the same way and played pretty well. Your defense maybe played there almost completely best complete game and had some lapses here and there, but it just sucks the way it ended. And really, I mean, beating yourself more than Idaho beat you. Obviously they made some really good plays. I mean, the one that jumps out to my mind was the punt return to get them back in it, but it just sucks. I mean, just the little things that get you beat when you do everything well. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Nick Baker and, his stats wouldn't show it, but he did make some of the biggest plays of the season and also the defense. Absolutely. It seemed like they played in terms of you're right. There were some things here or there, and that's how every game has been for them, but they played borderline perfect. And they, in terms of not allowing offensive touchdowns for the longest time throughout until the latter part of that, of that game. Um, it's just knowing that how special they were once again. And we'll die. I mean, didn't even say it off the rip. Before we even dive into this game, we we wanted this to just be an Idaho recap, and then we'll sneak peek to the season recap. But as we, you know, as it's been talked about and known throughout, you know, for everybody that the transfer portal is running wild, insanely wild, and the irony of us mentioning it, like over the last couple of days to ourselves, and you mentioned it to me earlier today, just like, oh, who knows about, you know, SIU, what they could be since our season's over and the portal officially opens today. And we have two important guys, of course, right? Shortly right after that, the first one drops of who we're losing. And no, it's appropriate we dive into those first. And not only are they, I mean, just two guys with eligibility, clearly, the fact that they're two of our arguably top eight players on the team, no, that's one Isaiah Hardship and Branson Combs of all people. And they're they're different in their own way. We know Isaiah Hardship entered the portal uh, a couple of, after his freshman year, supposed for first full season. Then he gets hurt, didn't have last year, has this year, has a good season, got frustrated with you know his accolades that he didn't get. But no, we'll dive in his first because it happened first. Again, the fact that if if it's anybody that entered the portal, it's these two. And again, Isaiah. Talented is all get out, but we, we kind of saw this coming because I even said on the tweet that no matter how deep we got, he was going to do this more than likely. Well, it's just unfortunate because we, just before we dove into this as well or got on here, how thin our wide receiver room is right now as it stands and everything else into that. But the fact that we knew this was kind of coming, though, with Isaiah leaving once again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first time entering the portal, it just shows you that it, he really didn't want to be here. He was trying to make that jump after a really solid, solid year he had. Then he gets hurt, and obviously, you're not going to be able to transfer up when you get hurt and miss the whole year. So he comes back and um, has a decent year. Uh, I mean, he didn't have a great year, but he could have been a lot better. I mean, if you just want to jump into it, I mean he dropped a key ball on Saturday night that could have helped you win that football game, but he drops it. He's had some drops this year, but yeah, it just sucks. I mean, he had a solid year and now he's jumping again. And I think uh, I, I thought it immediately and you even texted it to me. I mean, 
I would, if I was the staff and I was Nick Hill, I mean, I'm telling him go, you're not, a, I mean, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a Philip Russell's plate thing at SEMO. SEMO, he wanted to come back to SEMO after jumping in the portal because he thought he'd go to better places. And Brad Corn said, no, we already have your spot filled. So see you later. And he now he jumped to Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or wherever he went down there. So, like, he had to make a jump pretty much down from SEMO. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's go on. I mean, if you think you can go better, you can. But – uh, you would you would have to close. I mean, if he was a lot better in in this offense, he would have cl- got to close to eight hundred thousand yards, and he didn't come close to that. So, yeah, it's just time to move on from him, and then jump into Branson real quick. I mean, what this guy's done, uh, for this for this team. I mean, I think uh, Michael Lindauer's dad's Dirk said it best. I mean, under recruited, coming in as a wide receiver, caught one of the, one of the most memorable balls in SIU history where he made that final catch at Weber state then jump, jumping the linebacker and making the plays he's made for us and becoming an all conference player. I mean, he deserves the right. I mean, there's always a chance he does come back, but if there's not, if there's not a power five team that jumps so all over him, they're, they're very stupid. Yeah. And again, both of these guys are different in their own way, not only just because the two years to the one year. I guess that is mainly the thing. I mean, Branson has two official years as a linebacker. Isaiah's got two official full-on years as a wide receiver, so there's, there's the similarities are there as well. But, yeah, Branson, because he's a year older, he is able to use this last year. We kind of paralleled it to Marcus and Lance in basketball. It's like, well, if you have the chance to go big in your final year, you go do it. And and of course, SIU football is in a different sense than basketball. F, 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 or SIU football is competing in a in a level in the FCS where they actually compete for national title. Basketball will never do that as a mid major. So it's like, you know, if you're looking at where to win and and whatnot, it's definitely you can get that more in football. But the fact that everyone's going crazy in the portal and everyone around the country is losing players. You're always looking to add. And Branson of course has what it takes. He is a ball hawk. He'll catch anything around him. You can honestly use him on offense. If you want, we saw that this year in the, in the wheel route at Northern Illinois. And so you could do that. We only did that once since he made the change. We've seen him on the field a couple of times, but you can do that stuff with him. And he's, he's a sure tackler. Again, the, another difference between these two is Branson has all conference to his name. Isaiah never has. Again, he was frustrated with him not having it this year. And you said it also big drop on Saturday night. There were games this season where he went ghost hundred percent. And whether that's his fault, whether that's Nick Baker's fault for finding him, blah, blah, blah. But in Isaiah's talented, he had some stats to show for it. But the difference also between the two is how, Branson actually had a thank you SIU and actually had a note that you see from some players. Isaiah immediately just went into the screenshot of the email from the NCA about his thing, a picture of him, and then he followed it with with highlights. That's how you know he kind of wasn't, uh, you know, didn't really want to be here in that sense. And again, it's because he did it before and he came back, of course, and he got hurt. It was karma to him. And this one just frustrating to me that it does seem like he didn't want to be here. And now it's like good riddance, man, because you've kind of been, you were uh, immature in your injury last year. You could have came back, but you probably didn't have the proper re. I don't know all those specifics, but that seems like what it was. You don't mess with hamstring injuries, but he could have played last year. Probably. He just kind of seems like that guy that always wanted to go higher. And of course he's going to bail on the team that gave him the biggest chance for him to do, to get to this point. So good riddance for Isaiah, if I'm being honest, Branson is a phenomenal player, did have some of the biggest moments, definitely on offense in that Weaver State game, but his tackling and interceptions for sure. I mean, he's he was the standard of SIU, and he wasn't off to the, the best start this year, and then evolved at conference season, became all-conference, and he's able to do this. He will go definitely. I expect both these guys to go higher, to be honest. I think Branson can go a little higher. People are always looking for – linebackers, sure tacklers as well. So we wanted to lead off with this. Of course, it's not the end. It's not the the last guys we'll see in the portal. We'll see more. Of course, it, it's to this extent with some of our best players compared to who we were kind of predicting at first of, yeah, some guys who aren't going to, you know, haven't played, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, the good signs we see from this, people post in their videos, Jameer Khan, thankfully, he posted his freshman year highlights and hashtag Saluki on it so we can – 
you know, thankfully know that Jameer Khan is here to stay and had an awesome freshman year. So it's those things you see today. Again, it's not the end of this. We will see more throughout. Not, not going to lie. When I first seen it, just opened up my Twitter or X, whatever it is. And I just seen highlights. I was afraid to look at the caption and said, entering the portal three years of eligibility. When I seen Jameer's post, I, I was scared. Yeah, and again, those are the guys. As freshmen, it's like, okay, you want to groove these guys. If you're always getting meaningful snaps as a freshman, it's definitely going to – his trajectory is insane. So I – we were talking about other guys. If they were to leave, we'd cry. We'd cry if Jameer left. So thankfully he's not as it stands now. But sucks on Branson and Isaiah, but good riddance, Isaiah. Branson, go do your thing, man. It's kind of like how we are with that to this point. So, again, more people will do it. There's already over 4,000 already from today in the portal. So – it's crazy. Uh, quickly through the more offers of Portal, we offered a offensive lineman of Iowa Central Community College, Dodge, Dodge Saucer. So we'll keep up with him. And then we lost Cameron Blaylock, defensive tackle from uh, Tennessee Tech or Tennessee State, off, blanking off the rip. He committed to Trinity Valley Community College today. So those are just some things. We'll always update when other guys go elsewhere if we know that we uh, – uh, offer them at the start. So now let's dive into this heartbreaking game. They were favorites coming in as we'd expect. And I kind of, you know, we went through, we basketball had an awesome win the day of, and then just going through other football games around the country leading up to this nine o'clock game. We were excited and they have an interesting facility. It's all that stuff that factored into a, to a typical broadcast that was just good on ESPN plus. And no, we showed up on national TV and I definitely agree the better team for sure lost in this one. But jumping right into it, Noah, I mean, Idaho, they wanted to make a statement, and they took the ball at first. And likely it didn't go anywhere from the start. Our defense showed up, forced a punt. Ricardo Chavez, we'll talk about him near the end. He had a punt of 55. He's incredible. He can do both things really, really well. Um and then we got the ball. It was, it was kind of a back and forth until we finally broke through on our second possession. And again, this this game had it all. But no, in terms of that first uh, possession, that Romier found some space. We'll talk about Romier's game. It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, whatever you saw on this drive for us to to take this early lead, it was right at the start of the second quarter when we officially scored zero zero at the end of the first. Deontay set us up here. Uh, what was great about that first drive and let Romier score? I, I saw uh, Schwindeman just posted a a video of him and Aiden Quinn opening that that run up, and I saw Deontay was in there as well. Our blocking was fantastic. Your thoughts on that first drive and him scoring, and then how it kind of went here and the next couple of drives for both teams, where it seemed like we had full control of the game because we ended up going up by two scores just like that, or two possessions. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, starting real quick with Deontay making a big play. I mean, we needed that a lot this year to get down the field, some one of our receivers to step up. Um, then what I thought was probably Justin Strong's outside of the long run at Murray State, he, I thought he played really well. Um, and this one running really hard in this one and getting six, getting two, getting getting us set up. And like you said, I mean, Roe – getting the 38 yards, the two tight ends, Deontay in there, then Jake Green and those guys on the left side just really making a hole and a good cutback by Rowe. And once he gets going, uh, not, a lot, not a lot of guys are going to catch him. And obviously on the drive, I mean, it was really kind of a, a stupid play, trying to get a trick play, get their offense rolling because they were – I mean, our defense was playing so well in that first quarter – uh, that Caden Reeves, I mean, or Peyton Reeves picked one or recovered the ball. He tried, he tried to get a big man score and scoop it up, but good play by him to get it and really set our offense up and just in the inside the red zone. I mean, first play, Rowe gets stuffed. Um, they had a true freshman that was really good at linebacker just coming in here. Then uh, another, uh, we've seen. I don't know why we see so many of these, but Nick Baker short hopping just check downs out to our running backs. So I think he sh- ch- uh, just another one to row, just throw it in a little short. Then the next play, uh, he tried to get to the Deontay, but they got a hold. They they were holding to it, so it was fourth and twelve, just like that, and sending out Jake uh, playing indoors. So no really no win factor. Jake's 
made it right through. So it was 10, nothing just like that. And Thomas doing his thing on the touchback to really set up our defense of saying, all right, let's go. We're up 10, nothing and get another stop. So we can get more points on the board. Yeah. And these are mightily important first possessions and only of the score there. There was a big third down conversion to Justin also on that scoring drive. And that's again, what we'll factor into Nick Baker's game was stat sheet isn't sexy, but the fact that he made, he escaped some sacks. I There was a one point he threw it away. I want to say for the first time in his career, jokingly, but he threw it away. Like I said, he escaped a sack and found guys, you know, when he was rolling out. So those were just massive in the moment, but definitely whenever we, yeah, they tried just what this double, you know, end around kind of thing. They tried on their first play from scrimmage at their 35 and then they lost it. Yeah. And Peyton Reeves, he did pick it up and try. Gosh, I mean, imagine if he did run it in. I mean, how much this game changes and you're up 14 nothing, And obviously that factors in towards near the end of the game. But, of course, it does stall. You mentioned some of the plays there. Can't do anything. And then we have to settle for that 36-yard. That was one of the most notable parts of the game. You go up 10 nothing. You wanted to take scores no matter what, points no matter what. But needed another six there. And then they, they drowned off four and a half minutes of the clock before uh, he got sacked a couple times. Uh, McCoy did on this. They had some penalties themselves to negate a lot of us, so they ended up punting it back to us. And then we did as well. But, no, this was one of the most important parts of the game right here and one of the most, um, I'd say, polarizing. It depends who you're rooting for, I suppose. But, no, this play where we were fourth and one on this, Jim Benefield actually on third and 14, because we had a false start and do back-to-back, actually, he had one. We had a plate of Benson and Abdu with his second false start. Then we had third and 14. Benefield got a pass from Nick. Barely got around the sticks. Fourth and one. And and at this moment, Noah, because it happened all so fast, I was like, we, we, we were texting throughout the entire game. We weren't around each other. And it's like, go for this. And we thought we were until it was. And I don't know if this is the time where we were had our guys out and made the quick change to the special teams. Not sure, but it happened so fast. And Nick Hill looked like he just had a confident look on his face. I didn't think anything of it at the moment, but you always have that in the back of your mind. Or could, you know, if you could see something like this, but no, it was the same play. Whoever it was that we did it on this year, Colton Hogue took the snap under center. So they kind of would have saw it happen immediately. He took it and then got the first down, but no, it got negated because they went back and took it off the board for reasons that we've never honestly heard of in our lives. They went back to review if it was a first because it's fourth down. Okay, you want to review some of that th- and some of that stuff. But, no, they found something, again, that we've never heard of before that totally swung this game, that killed this drive, and then we had to punt. What was that? Your thoughts on that and everything else because it was an atrocity. It, it, was, it was the main part of a game where the refs definitely made it about them in moments and made it to where it didn't really make sense and they didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah, just unfortunate trying to deep dive into this and see what exactly happened with uh, them to be able to review this. I mean, I guess going under the 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 rule book on, on reviewable fouls, it would go under Article 8, Section D, the number of players on the field for either team during a live ball, which – I kind of read that as, all right, if they had 12, 12 men on the field kind of thing, but it just goes under that. And specifically, there were not enough players on the line of scrimmage wearing number 50 to 79, and it's that specific and makes it a legal formation. So that makes it – and it, since it was a fir- first down, it made it that impactful to review. And it's just something that it's probably one in – trillions of you'll see but it just sucks that they can come up with this i mean for me reading that in that what i just said it's how many guys did they have on the field not their jerseys numbers which just i mean everybody was tweeting out it was a ref show and this was just the start but exactly i mean how was it not called and i know everything is more you know, specific and how you look at things when it's in the playoffs, let alone whenever we did try it. I'm sure we had the exact same formation. That's barring injuries and who wasn't on there to where this could have changed here. We did the same thing and it wasn't looked at there, I guess, because Colton, I think he ran down the sideline. He It wasn't as close as this to where he barely got the first. So that was the reviews to where. But if you can't catch that stuff right away, just baffling to me. 
And you're right, one of the trillions. And exactly, if you have the right amount of players out there, who cares? Because it's on us, okay? Whoever's not blocking, if we don't have, you know, bigger bodies in there with the number, which we know the numbers fluctuate anyway. Some guys have numbers that feels like they, they shouldn't. It's like, so that doesn't even make sense to me. And, you know, it's on us if we don't have the proper – Guys, if they do have higher numbers, if they're more prone to block, and if it's on us if we make that decision knowing the rule and whether the rule is correct or not. It's just crazy how it would happen in a in a in a playoff game in the second round in the Sweet Sixteen again, whether it's right or not. Just the fact that it came to their attention in review is just ridiculous. So this, of course, won the game in a game where the refs were terrible, no doubt about it. Um, so then, of course, that we had to punt it back, and then they, they of course, went down and scored. They got finally on the board with a field goal. And then this was the massive one whenever we were marching downfield again. It was, you know, third and ten completions. Vince Nick threw it up. to. I honestly was not sure about this pass on this next position when he found Vincent at the start of the third quarter in uh, this one uh, when he – Vincent went up and got it around two different defenders, 36-yard gain, so we're in their territory. Uh and then we we tried to just pass it up. It's broken up a couple of plays. Isaiah had a run for two yards. And then Noah, this one we said when, as you said, Justin Strom might have had his best game pound for pound until this happened because we're like, Romeo Elliott's getting like seven yards at carry. And let's keep him in. I understand Justin. He's dual threat option and he's thicker and heavier. You want to have these kind of different runs inside the red zone. But we were like, okay, Justin's not the same as he was. Why is it doing it? And when it led to a fumble, it was clear as day, fumble shot to their defense for doing it. And that swung the entire game as well, let alone that it was on third and 12. And we just wanted to, because it's like, okay, you definitely need to run. Don't force anything this deep. We ran in. Of course, it became a fumble. We were going to at least kick a field goal on this one to make it a 13-3 to lead. But no, that wasn't the case. And I guess all for not, because it was, it was punts on the next two possessions. But no, the guy who's now leaving the program in his final year had a massive play on the next one. So, again, we had the momentum built on our side for different things. Fumble didn't come back to hurt us. And then we got this takeaway here, up seven again. But then no, nothing happened. And then they tied the game just like that out of the next one of the play that you mentioned earlier. Dive into those couple possessions there. And how we didn't take advantage and, let a, and next thing you know, they were back in the game. Yeah, I mean, you had – you had your chances of extending the lead even more and more and finding he found Isaiah, but I mean, it just sucks on some of those where the play calling just looked too conservative and you, you had a chance to pretty much put their knife to their throat and take them out of the game. And you failed to do that on multiple times. I mean, just getting some of them and then obviously the big one of them tying it after Branson's interception. I mean, their 86 yard touchdown return. I mean, Jermaine Jackson is one of the fastest players. I mean, he's the fastest player I've seen SIU play this year, and he's very electric. I mean, that's what that's the type of guy I want on my kick return team. I mean, he's he's got a quicker step than Vincent Davis, and Vincent's pretty fast for him size, but uh, just Nick taking a sack there. I can't remember if it's one of those he's just held on too long or if it was a miscue, then uh, just taking some shots deep and just kicking it, then they turn it like that, then obviously uh, having a chance to, I mean, then taking the lead again at 17-10, I mean, after what we thought was a good drive, I mean, finding – Rowe row finding the end zone for the second time just shows you the impact. I tweeted it. The impact this guy makes when he's healthy is just – it makes this team so much more elite, and especially this offense. And it showed he finds the end zone again. I mean, that's with him and Jalen Benefield got involved a little bit in this one. But taking the lead again 17-10 after they eventually tied it back up at 17-17. Um, after having again another chance to all right you're up 17 10 start of the fourth quarter after this you start you scored at the start of the fourth quarter and you had a chance like i said knife to their throat to to take them out and you go all right start with row one yard loss then you go two yard play to Jalen benefield then nick takes a sack uh, for a loss of 10 yards and we're 
20s back on the field again, fourth and 23. So then they just, they took some shots. I mean, Hayden Hatton really, he got going on this one. This is his drive. And then uh, Anthony Woods punches it in towards the end after we were offsides on this is one, this is another ref show on this drive where Jalen Banks doesn't play. Didn't see him on the field. And he got called for two offsides. They said number 50 twice. And they couldn't say, they said South Illinois 12 times on the, the ref did calling it. But Jalen Banks, I doubt he traveled. We, he didn't travel a lot of games this year. So he probably wasn't even there. And he gets called for two, two offsides somehow. They can't even get their numbers right. It was just another drive where it was a ref show. And they get to tie it up at 17-17. Yeah, again, and, and whether that's even because we know some guys get it wrong, but it's important to get that stuff right. So it's like, okay, you got it wrong. You need to figure because I feel like it's not that it shouldn't happen if you can't get the name right, but if you don't know who did it, it's like it pretty much didn't happen. And yeah, it was Deontay on some on some of those, but uh, leading up to all that, because what was the play? I guess it was because I don't see it on here, and whether you knew it because it might be in one of these sacks. It's the the play whenever we were in their zone and we got out of range or it was just, it was whenever we were trying to just score something and it was a, what did we try here? It was a Nick Hill play call of something insane and that we lost 20 yards on. It seemed like 20 yards. And next thing you know, that all that stuff led into the punt. That was the kick return. And of course he is a great returner and we, we trust our special teams unit, but he just found a seam and went and, that was that until they tied it, but I don't know when it was. I feel like I feel like it was on that play leading up to that because that was karma right there. I think you texted me said that's karma. So it was that terrible play leading into this punt return to make them tie it. So it was just atrocious all the way around. But on the next drive when we did take the lead, it was. I mean, it's exactly what you needed. Clearly, you couldn't have gave the ball back to him. Your defense was on the field a lot. Even you know, even on that one, they weren't. So I guess the defense had a little bit of time here. You went 75 yards in, yeah, in six minutes, and you had more uh, key conversions. Nick got sacked on one. They called a face mask. We got first and 10. He got sacked again. Found Romier. Uh, and then Justin Strong scored on a play. Of course, that's a negated uh, that's a negated touchdown as well. So we've had, like, arguably 13 points off the board in this game, 10 at this point that were just off the board. And, you know, so, and it was an ineligible, ineligible man – Jake Green got out and about on a play where it was a design. Let's go left. Nick kind of veered left and found Justin along the sideline, and he and he scored. But we're like, what the heck's Jake doing? So that negated a touchdown to where we ended up having. I mean, we ended up scoring, I suppose, still. So it just reminds me that like those are the kind of things. So I'm kind of talking in circles, thinking, okay, we ended up scoring. I'd say, but those kind of things that kind of negated that you needed points there and you got them, and then we. Got them to get fourth down stop. And then, of course, we could put the game up, you know, put the game away here with the set up seven. And then, yeah, Nick gets sacked again. Crazy stuff happens. We give it back to him. They go down and score too tight, as you said. And then Noah diving in this last possession here. But we were storming down and everything leading up to it. And we'll just fast forward to the end, I suppose. We had some more conversions. Deontay was great in his last game. Eight yards on third and five. And then we decided to run. There was bare, There was like five seconds left. We ended up t- using one of our timeouts. Nick got to the spot. We thought Jake liked. It was at the right hash. We thought he was at the left. And, of course, all of a sudden, you know, the buildup is here. No, the suspense is here. Well, okay, we're in range here. We got deep. This was one of the best drives of the season to get in this opportunity. And it was a, it was a long buildup. There was a timeout. There was commercials. You know, we were just freaked out totally about this. And – of course, Jake Bumgart, the hometown kid of, you know, you know, at the school he probably wanted to come to and all this jazz. It, it was the moment was there for him to kick a massive kick in SIU's current history, just in terms of you moving on and getting deep into a playoff. And he had the chance to know it was 41 yards, but lo and behold, it gets tipped and it's short. We could not believe it. And it was because of missed blocks on the on the field goal unit there. You watched it back. I have not. You watched it back. Who did that? And, again, it, it boiled down to, as you predicted in your prediction, 
for the game and how we said at the year special teams will be the reason why you don't win at all and it'll be reason why your season ends and no that's exactly what happened who didn't block we don't want to call these guys out it's important though who didn't block that made this kick tipped and missed to where it went to overtime oh yeah i mean the, the hometown kid uh helps or misses the kick or gets gets ruled he missed the kick because it was blocked by another local kid uh jackson saley's then one of your transfers colin smith i mean they just let a guy i mean go right between them i mean usually i mean for me on special teams is you you got you block the inner side and you count and leave let the guy from the side go a little bit clean you could chip him a little bit but uh i mean not having that that just sucks I mean, having that drive in the way it does. I mean, I, I I just go back to poor coaching with Nick Hill of having four minutes and 17 seconds, three timeouts, and at the end, you got him within 40 yards pretty easily and had plenty of time, timeouts to use, and you don't use any timeouts, and you could have got closer for what we've had a shaky field goal kicker all year long, and it's a guy who had to win a kicking job last week in practice just to be able to go out there and kick for his team. I mean, in that one, it's just, you could have got closer. You got down to their 24 yard line with plenty of time. You could have used timeouts during that drive. I know you wanted to leave no time left for him, but you could have easily done that, but it's just, you got in, you should have gotten closer and he ends up and it's just the little things. Like I said, earlier to get you beat and he didn't do it on special teams. I mean, special teams, how many times Nick, have we said it? It's going to cost you at some point. And in the biggest game of the year so far, it costs you. It's just, it sucks. I feel bad for Jake because it was online and it was going through and you were going on and you're making a trip to Albany next week. And it's just very unfortunate for it to end that way. Yep. We called it. And, you know, it, it's definitely no shot on Jake one bit because imagine what he was feeling going into that kick. And kickers have to have the utmost confidence in themselves. They have to have the ultimate ice in their veins. And, again, the timeout leading up to everything built that way to that opportunity. And we've said before, it's like, well, it seems like Thomas has a bigger leg. But clearly they've, they've decided that whether you said, like, you know, through the recent practices leading up to like fully who's going to do this. And it had been Jake for a while. I mean, we know he'd still miss some, uh, you know, Nichols literally just last week, he missed one. So it's okay. Thomas Brooks also has a big, a big leg. That's like maybe his kind of kick can get over, uh, you know, any types of tips. And that's not always the case. Some people just kick and that's just how it is. It starts low and then it gets up. His first one barely kept in the right uprights, but we were confident in him in this. And it leads to those blocks, as you said, of Colin Smith and Jackson Saley's. And it's just unfortunate. You can't miss these kind of blocks. Clearly, I just had a bad feeling because it was for their season two. They were going to bring all the pressure in the world. So, you know, whether it was – Clearly due to us not blocking, but it was shout out to them for coming just full on. And of course they couldn't get any offsides for that to where, you know, we, you know, they could have, you know, moved us up just a little bit further in that regard, but they were perfect on it and they found a way to do it because of the missed blocks. Not like they had anybody off the edges or anything fully. So awful. And then we go to overtime and of course, uh, Branson of all people were out there to take it and, they won the toss and they deferred, of course, like everybody should. You want your defense to get the stop first, and then all you need to do is kick that field goal. And no, we did get the ball first. And of course, three yard loss right out of the gates. And of course, as we know, overtime in college, you start at the 25. First play, so moved us back three yards and then an incomplete pass back to row. We mentioned those check downs, as you said earlier. At the feet or just the wrong, that's the only thing, it's mainly thing that Nick Baker did wrong in this game with the check down. So, of course, that one was wrong. So, we're already, we're second and third, or now we're third and 13 after this. So, they okay, well, we're in field goal range again. We'll kick it, and then we'll count on our defense to get a stop or force them a field goal as well, and then we'll, re, then we'll regroup, come out the next time, and try to get a touchdown, get a stop again. Just kind of do that back and forth as we know it is. And, of course, third and 13, 
you force a play that you really didn't need to do and it's like, okay, you want to get this over with or at least get on the board with a touchdown first. And it was a forced play, but Aiden Quinn was open over the middle. Nick Baker, I say his mistakes were the were the checkdowns. This was by far his biggest mistake of the game. Threw it behind him, right into the arms. It was kind of against the ground, and the defender intercepted it. So that's that. So we're thinking, worst, it was it's awful. You wanted to kick the field goal, you threw it, intercepted, you're done for, for the most part. Now they get the ball. All they had to do was kick the kick the the field goal at R25 with how good what's his name is Chavez and, but they, you know, kept going a little bit. They had a rush for 16. They were just a lot of different. They, they got near whatever. And then Noah, they scored, but it was because we had 12 men off the field. There was some of the things we had 12 men on the field at one point they scored, but there was a penalty on them after they scored, the guy stayed in bounds. So then that held them back just a little bit from scoring the touchdown, but all it took was that final field goal. And that they're able to do it, no, on fourth and eight at R11 for the 29 is good. And we knew it was like, oh, any chance this dude would miss, and he's one of the best in the country, he's probably going to get later drafted or be one of the first kickers taken undrafted. And we had a chance in there. It's like, well, our, our special teams can't get good enough to to get a block. I think our guys had a chance there. But that's how this one ended. Noah, your thoughts on how this all happened? And over time, of course, what kind of plays we had. And then, again, all it took was – Maybe you just should have ran the ball to get to the appropriate thing just to kick a field goal and see how your defense played after that. But, of course, we got no points, and that's how it ended. Yeah, there's another – another. I mean, obviously it's not a bad play call because he had a man open. Nick's just got to make the throw. And it was a nice play by Marcus Harris to catch that ball because, I mean, if he doesn't, we get a chance at another field goal. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would like a safer play call right there. I mean – you're already in kind of field goal-ish range for Jake um, that you'd give it a try. And, I mean, right away, I mean, uh, the replays I saw and in live time, I mean, looked like our defense just came out and they knew we were going to lose no matter what. And Anthony Ooh. Wood scored. He, Anthony Wood scored on that first that first run. I, uh, there was – he did not step out of downs. The, there was green in between. We just got lucky. He got called, stepped out on the play to give us a chance to block it, but there's no burner. There's no night and we don't have any of those guys anymore to block field goals. So, I mean, just going back to last off season, losing a guy, RJ Rebo would have probably blocked one or two this year, but he entered the portal went elsewhere. We just don't have guys with linked up the middle anymore to do that or enough guy or enough talented guys to come off the edge of that. It's just so hard to block off the edge nowadays, the way kickers get it off. So, just really unfortunate the way it ended up. You had him going for it. I mean, could have easily kept Nick if he just doesn't throw it behind Aiden because Aiden slipped a little bit or he could maybe try to come up and get a hand on it. But um, it sucks. That's It sucks for me to be right this time because a game-win field goal and I called it, and it just sucks being right. Yeah, and you're right on the fact that the play call was good for sure. Like they knew what they were doing. It's like, okay, this is the full on desperation of the whole season in terms of just like wanting to make a play, even though you knew you had the field goal in your back pocket. But 100%, it was on the miss, on the miss throw. You're right. He kind of slipped. Aiden would have made the catch otherwise, but he was wide open. That extends that you scored. I mean, it's just everything that built up to it, even though we know it should have ended at the end of regulation. So again, you had so many of these chances. And then it is special teams that downs it on the missed blocks, on the allowing of the punt return, because the defense only allowed one offensive touchdown the last however many quarters, only one in this game. And just think about it, you said Hatton, he was, he was great. And, you know, he got some plays that came back just throughout the game because of their penalties. I mean, our defense was just phenomenal. And then that is the only thing that really our special teams has done good all year was coverage of just like hit, making big hits, tackling guys, preventing any kind of punt return. And we're one of the best units in the, in the country at that, I want to say. And then, of course, the wrong time for it. But that was the name of the game was how bad special teams were. And you're right, we don't have anybody to block any of those things ourselves to even have anything for the full effort. Knowing our season was on the line, we could have treated it the same way that um, they did on ours at the end of regulation. So – uh, the big time unfortunate that is the that's all caps unfortunate of how we use that word for the end of this one definitely got outdone in special teams um 
Without a doubt, we mentioned the bad run. Just some of the takeaways here near the end of it of everything that happened. Obviously, turnovers, Nick's final pick, Justin's fumble that took off some points, even though the the fumble didn't really hurt us in the moment. Obviously, you just take points off the board regardless. That factors into the end of the game. Um, and just some other things. So, yeah, that, that is how it ends. So, again, we should have won, as we know. Uh, no, if we dive into a box score here of the things that, that – stick out. I mean, again, it, it's not that Nick had the worst game of his career or anything else. He almost had 200 yards, 14 incompletions, just the one pick. And then you got Roe over here, 17 of 91, a little over five per two touchdowns, of course, Justin five for 33. Uh, Deontay and Vincent both had 454. Again, Deontay had one, uh, a special game in his return. The thirty yard, the thirty yard long catch, along with the conversion there, Aiden was great, seventeen yards a catch, and then I, Isaiah three of seventeen, everyone else after that, and then everything else. So again, we forced turnovers, we did fine on offense, escaped third downs, extended drives. It just came down to you said it. You needed to score within in the mid twenties to beat this team, and that's exactly what it was. And it all came down to missed uh you know opportunities of getting on the board so we definitely shot ourselves in the foot uh, idaho was at the start of the game we did at the end of the game and that's all that matters of course they get the job done at their home field to move on to face that you all many team that you said know your final thoughts on this game whatever stuck out to you even on the defensive box score if you have that in front of you but again it's it's just heartbreaking knowing that we should have moved on. We should be going to the other part of the country we'll dive into what those other games were in a second your final thoughts on everything yeah, it's just it sucks for the season to end the way it did, and seeing that just certain guys the way their careers ending. I mean, Nick. I mean, he done everything. The some of the sacks he escaped and getting to just getting some yards and getting hit on some and getting back up. And I mean, Justin having his outside the fumble, having his best games, getting over six yards a carry, six point six. I mean. The run game was going. You could have used it maybe a little bit more, but then holding to McCoy. McCoy did not look very impressive at all. I mean, we got to him. We were getting after him all night, and we held Woods to 68 yards rushing. Obviously, the long was in overtime. And, it. I mean, offensively, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I would put it up there at least top three. On third down, eight of sixteen for fifty percent. I've I've been preaching that all year long. How crappy we've been on third down, and you get fifty percent, then you hold them to two of twelve, and uh, just another thing I haven't really talked about, but it was uh, I found we found it weird at the time. But Jalen Reed was back on punts. I mean, he cost us yards not picking up or not get, getting up there and calling fair catches. He cost us maybe. 15, 20 yards every – because, I mean, Chavez was getting some good rolls out of it, had a long of 55 and two of them inside the 20 because Jalen didn't go up and go fair catch it. He just let them bounce, and they got some good rolls. So special teams, again, didn't help us out there. So it just sucks seeing the way – seeing the way to the end, having one of your better – I mean, third down, keeping drives alive, sustaining some drives to come down and – not the special teams letting you up in the end. And uh, I just hate it, especially for this defense. I mean, you tweeted it. We're never going to see anything like this again. And it's going to suck seeing this team where it could have went because you could have – I mean, obviously, the the travel schedule, it would suck. They'd now have to fly out to New York. But, I mean, it's another matchup I would have liked to send. Exactly, and and that's that's the name of it is the missed opportunity to move on in a in a I can't say favorable matchup because they have some dudes on their team. All these teams do, but we liked it. If you got past the juggernaut like this, you would like your chances moving on. If you can do it all on the road, that we would have definitely. And this team wouldn't have this team would have prepared the right way within a week and done all that to get to that point. But um, yeah, we're not going to see defense like this again because you lose guys like PJ who are all Americans and potential draft picks. Along with now losing a brand. So like now that you know Branson's not coming back for a year, he adds to that mix everything else we know and all the seniors we've got we've lost. And even the seniors like Dante Cleveland, who had one of his best career games in this game. He only had three tackles, but he had a key tackle for loss and sack. Um 
you know, and Barola getting putting all out there. He had his own tackle for loss. They, there was actually when they were going for it on fourth down on some that Zach was around the line of scrimmage trying to make the offense, you know, have a false start. And of course, they didn't call it. And it seemed like it did happen. So Zach was doing everything he could in this game to make it that way. Tim Barga had a half sack. Of course, Dune Smith, phenomenal, had a sack himself. So, you know, and it seemed like I think PJ had a pass breakup in this game or something. Of course, Branson had his pick, but we're not going to see defense like this again. No, we're not. And again, the guys you're losing, it's hard to make up all that. Even the DJ Johnson who's graduating and all those stuff. We'll have our senior tweets at some point. I'll have them through the week of all these guys, but it's definitely sad with the defense. It's it's sad just because it's over and how just the long road we've been on with Nick Baker and Deontay Cox injuries and everything building up to this game, especially if he pl- he plays as well as he did. And then now it's over. It's like all these guys and all, all throughout the team, but of course, yes, in defense to make this defense what it was with the players that it's over now. And of course they, I mean, they they showed out. ESPN too. That the the team, the defense, absolutely showed out in this one. Everyone was tweeting about it. Um, but again, it's it's the fact that you definitely should be moving on. And you mentioned the Jalen Reed stuff too, just because I'm looking at everything. A lot of stuff we shot ourselves in the foot in this one. I think we actually played well overall. It's just the shot in the foot stuff that we did in this game. So. Season ends there. We will we'll talk about it near the end again. And we'll have our season recap at some point here. But wanted to get this one out to everybody. Uh just quick shout out to the equipment staff. They've been traveling all over the country. They were in Idaho probably three days leading up to the game on that long trip. Phenomenal what they did, phenomenal what they've done. Shout out to uh I'm blanking on his name. No, I want to get it right. Is Marcus, who is travels in that big old semi-truck. Throughout all the all the time, uh, what's his name here? Marcus Pomilly, equipment student manager. Shout out to him for always posting stuff with us and everything. He's done a great job. Everyone's done a great job doing what they've done for this team over the season. I wanted to shout shout them out here real fast. So, Noah, dive in quickly to the other games that happened around the FCS in this round two to lead up to the Elite Eight. It's going to be hard to follow the rest of the way. When we have our recap and everything else in the offseason, we'll update everybody on what happens the rest of the way. But what did happen in those games? Yeah, a lot of things. I mean, one, I thought uh, the first game of the day, I thought Youngstown would give them a better game, end up losing 45-28 to Villanova. Villanova was really good this one. Connor Watkins, Jalen Jackson both had two rushing touchdowns on that one. Um, South Dakota takes care of business against Sac State. I thought that would be the upset game to watch. And um, But three three touchdowns in that second quarter really helped the Kai, the Yotes uh, win that football game at home. Uh, we knew this was going to happen. South Dakota State blows out Mercer 41 nothing. Then, like, other than our game, obviously our game was really great. But the game of the day, North Dakota State at Montana State, we both, we, I think it was after our basketball game and we were at B-Dubs and I was streaming it. 35-34 win in overtime for the Bison to go on the road. They block a PAT a PAT um, to win that football game. So uh, they're moving on. And next week um, we get Villanova traveling to South Dakota state. We get North Dakota state traveling to South Dakota. Um, Then we get Albany going all the way to, they won their game and they get to, they get to travel all the way and play at seven or it'd be, Technically, it'd be 10 o'clock Eastern, their normal time zone, on the road at Idaho. So I don't know why Idaho keeps getting in favorable times and um, for their matchups, but they did. Then uh, also, Furman gets to travel out to Montana. So the, the final eight, I think Montana blows out Furman. I think South Dakota State blows out Nova. I think Idaho could potentially blow out Albany. But I think the only close matchup of this weekend would be Bison at South Dakota. But I, I, I just think Bison are on a roll also, so that one could get ugly. Exactly. It's the teams that have been here before, knows what it takes, that can end up prevailing in all those games. But going back to that, I mean, uh, imagine a missed PAT being the reason your season ends to extend the game in overtime and – you know, it, it's blocked, and they were showing the one player that had it on – had the mark on his arm from it. It's like, man, you got to just get a tattoo of that. Keep that on there. I brand that and tattoo it on your arm. It's just – that's incredible. That Those are the kind of magical moments that 
are in a playoff run. We both said the Bison were going to go on a run, and they escape in that in that incredible game, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, their game with South Dakota will be interesting. Uh, of course, the conference matchup, expect that to be a really fun one. The other ones you said I think will happen too. Furman showed some leaks here. Montana's just on too much of a groove. They will win that one probably. South Dakota State for, for sure will blow out Villanova. No, no, no. I heard, I guess I was just hearing other people talk about you, Albany's got three players on their defense that have like 50, around probably 50 tackles for loss, 29 sacks, and they have an elite defense. So that would have been fun for us to play at that point. So that'll be a test for Idaho's offense that we know how great our, our defense is. They should be able to move it more on them. That just shows how great ours is. So that's a wait and see. Yeah, you're right. They keep getting their typical, what, what is that? It'll be six o'clock for them or blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's definitely reasonable for this final eight, and we expect to keep being ch- the chalk that we kind of predicted near the end of who would move on for this. So uh should be fun. I say fun. It, actually, I'm not going to dread even keeping up with it, and then we'll talk about it, like I said, on, on next episodes. Quick here just around the country because we know him pretty well, and we play him again next year. Apparently, Austin Peace, head coach Scotty Walden, who had an awesome year with the Govs, could be heading to UTEP. I don't think it's official. Some people were re- reporting in it could be official now over the course of the evening. But uh, Scotty Walden headed to UTEP after leaving Austin P. I think they said he's from Texas. So good for him on that if that's true. So tidbit for next year. Now let's dive in quickly to former Salukis and commits. Starting with the commits, though, Nate Tronzo got it got, got it done. No, he's a state champion in the state of Kentucky. Fantastic job from him. Your thoughts on that, and then I have some stuff here, just some other stuff, because we talk about them on the next one as well, like we would typically. But a couple of other of our commits got some. One's going to an all-star game, and two others got all states mentions in their respective states. Yeah, I mean, a great win for Nate and his team. I think he had a, uh, a fumble recovering that game. They won 41-20 over Bryan Station in the 6A title game. So, uh Good, good for Nate. Uh, I think he's going to be a very special player once he gets here. Uh, can't wait to see him develop. Uh, but yeah, Lucas McDaniel's. Uh, I mean, I think we liked it. I don't think we retweeted it, but uh, he's playing basketball. Had some really cool. Had some good, decent dunks in his last basketball game. He posted. Um, hopefully, he doesn't get hurt during the season. That one. That one would suck. Uh, he's also playing. You mentioned in an All Star game. Then Denna Mitchell, 7A, playing in Mississippi State, all, he's 7A All-State in the state of Mississippi. Quentin Boke, he's an Indiana 4A senior All-State. Um, so we got a lot of guys getting mentioned. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, one of our linebacker commits, or our linebacker commit, uh, Ben Feigl, he was named All-State honorable mention or something like that, I think. So a lot of guys that are making all state and stuff like that. ET, um, he posted his senior stuff. We talked about mentioned. So a lot of guys and commits that excited, excited for him to get here. Um, waiting for that early signing period. I can't remember. Uh, it's in December sometime. I, I think it's, uh, the 20th around the 20th in those days that, we could potentially have a signing day. We'll definitely keep track of that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, a lot of things are rolling. This are, this is our first episode of December. So, but shout out to those guys, hundred percent for getting those accolades, and shout out to Nate for bringing for bringing it home for sure. Ring that man. We said on the tweet. Excited to get him in here, as is everybody else. One of them though got, and that's what we envision at the start when we talk about these guys. Hopefully, some of them can bring on the state title. And that Nate Tronzo did. He did it for this 2023 class. We're really excited for. Shout out to all those guys for doing it, doing their thing at the end of their respective seasons individually and team. And then NFL Salukis real fast. All the guys in their respective teams played each other. Mike Cole and the Falcons played Craig and the Jets. We've said Craig hasn't done a whole lot, but Mike Cole did factor into his team winning. He did have one catch for 20 yards, and it was for a touchdown big play for them. And he also got in a scuffle with C.J. Mosley in the game. So he was doing it all on that one. So he was he was valuable to those guys. And then Ryan and the Buccaneers against uh, Jeremy's Panthers. Jeremy didn't have any stats in that game. We know he was coming back off injury a little bit. But Ryan 
did have four tackles total, one tackle for loss, and at some point he was playing linebacker in the game because they had a lot of injuries at that position, so Ryan was doing everything as well. So all the guys played each other, which all of them could have factored in specifically to the game, and maybe there's a picture out there of uh, Jeremy and Ryan, not sure, but uh, it's cool to see that near the end of our season and still in the middle of theirs. We know Nick didn't have a presser today. Expect a season recap presser from Nick Hill here soon factoring into everything else that we'll have here. So, Noah, your overall final thoughts on this game and this performance leading into this uh, the recap itself, and then we'll venture into the offseason that's already gotten started today, as we've talked about. But your overall overall thoughts on this three-point loss and the Slukies are going home. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I mean, very frustrating the way it ends up and having a chance to multiple times put them away, but you didn't do that offensively. Um, it sucks, and it sucks you lose a lot of guys senior-wise, and you said you'll have your tweets at some time potentially this week. So it, it sucks the way it ended, but obviously it's always fun to keep keep track of offseason. I mean, the portal opened today. We mentioned it last week. opens up for 30 days. Then the portal doesn't open back up till April 15th for a 15-day window till the end of April. Um, so it's going to be a busy day, I mean, on the first day here, ended up over 4,000 guys already in the portal. We talked about how busy it's going to be. So um, ex- uh, hopefully by the end of, I think I looked it up here while we were talking, December 20th is that initial early signing day, December 20th through the 22nd. The next, the actual national signing day is February 7th this next year. So um, it's one of those where it's going to be fun seeing Hopefully all these – I know we got some guys that we've been a little nervous on flip watch for our commits-wise, but hopefully we get these guys on December 20th signed, and hopefully we can sign some transfers on that day too and hopefully potentially get them here for the the, the spring semester and get them here and going because we've, do, we've done well with that so far. So definitely going to be excited, going to – and there's going to be more from this football team entering the portal. I can guarantee it. Um, don't think it'll be any more that try to make the jump. I know, I think Sam Herter tweeted today that North Dakota State has three guys that have six-figure offers from FBS programs, Power 5 teams wanting them. So uh, we don't have any guys like that right now. But obviously, we're going to see guys enter the portal. But this team, the staff, Nick Hill and his staff has done an awesome job uh, replacing guys and there's a lot of opportunity. This was in the end, this was a season where it still shows commits want to stay here. They want to sign. They want to get here. Transfers still want to come here and play. I mean, it's going to happen. Then the last thing for me uh, was another f- former Saluki update. We've been keeping track of him. Zach Zabrowski announced he's coming back for central Missouri. So he's back for another year. He's going to, He's going to put up another amazing stat year for that team. Yeah, it'll probably break records for them if he does it all again next year. And then crazy how he even has a season like that to where it could propel him to a higher level back even to the FCS for an opportunity. But he's decided to stay. Shout out to him for a great year and everything you said there for sure. Like We're excited for the offseason now, even though we were excited before the season ended. We talked about in the previous episodes because we knew it's like, okay, we know we're an awesome team. Let's go put up our shot in the playoffs this deep into it now where we're still playing with house money to where it's like, of course, we're devastated. But we're excited because not only do you have to fill your quarterback that we've said endlessly, but now you're losing two key guys with eligibility you have to replace. So we will definitely be in on them. A lot of people, you said the staff. I mean, heck, we could lose a staff member. It happens every year. Staff members. We know Antonio James deserves something else at the performance he had, whether, whether he does or not. Uh, but you know, we always know that's in the back of our mind, so we can maybe expect coaches to leave as well as players, and they will definitely grow. Of course, it let off with two great players, but it's going to happen. It's going to be, of course, a busy offseason. Again, we're excited for it, and we're, of course, devastated how this one ended. But um, as you said, it's important that we got in the playoffs, show what we did on national TV. I saw Parker Getter liking our tweets throughout the game and stuff. All these guys were hopefully watching – and nail biting as much as we were. So it shows again, it shows recruits, it shows portal guys that you can you can definitely uh 
succeed and compete for t- championships and deep in the playoff run. So that's that's the biggest thing I've always said that in the slam. We'll say that again throughout the offseason. It's important, as we know. So, yes, we'll have those tweets for these seniors here coming up. And, of course, we'll have our season recap. Not can't forecast that whenever it'll happen, whenever we're feeling like it most convenient. Obviously, we're going with basketball here, too. So we'll find a time for a long season recap here like we do every single year. So look out for that in the near future. Again, not sure when. So sucks the season ends, Saluki's end with the record that they did in the season where we we you know expected more a little bit. And this game was devastating. We'll talk about it in the recap, but it's, it sucks the way this one ended Saturday night. And we're looking ahead to that recap and to the offseason already. Looking forward to it all. Thanks for listening all this season for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, you guys know it. Go dogs. <laughs>